Well, it's great to have all of you here tonight. And before we get into the message, I want to reiterate just a couple of things that Taylor was talking about, especially about our Christmas Eve service that's coming up this Thursday. I just really want to make sure you know we have four opportunities to worship at this Christmas Eve service, which always has been a very special um, evening um, as a church family. And this year is going to be no different. There's been so much work gone into this one, and you truly will be blessed. And so we've got four opportunities at 1, 2, 30, 4, and 5, 30. And the reason we're having four, we've never had four Christmas Eve services before, but we are spreading them out, so giving people plenty of opportunities to come. And we are going to ask everybody to please wear your mask to church that night. And like Taylor was saying, um, we're going to be seating you that night. So we're going to start as you come in, you'll be ushered in. We'll start at the front. We're going to work our way to the back, and we're going to do our best to, to help everyone socially distance until the room is full. And then when it's full, the atrium will be open. The overflow seating is open. And like we said, we've got multiple choices to choose from. And part of the reason why we're taking some of these extra steps this year is, for one, we just don't know how many people are going to come. In the last year, we had between 12 and 1,300 people show up for a Christmas Eve service. Now, we're not expecting to have 12 or 1,300 people show up, but the reality is we just don't know how many people are going to show up. And so we want to do this as, you know, balanced and as safe as we know how to do it. And uh, it's typically our second highest attended event of the year service. So anyway, we're just giving you a heads up. That's how it's going to run that night. And, uh, and I think, like I said, it's a very balanced, safe approach to, to our Christmas Eve service. And, and, um, and I believe that it's going to be a great evening. So you'll definitely want to come. Well, we are six days away from Christmas. Does it feel like it? No. Okay. Not a yes in here at all. Okay. No, it does not feel like it. I kind of tend to agree with you. Christmas has gotten here kind of fast. Um, at least, but doesn't always seem like that every year. Christmas just gets here a little bit fast. I, I don't know what your Christmas morning is going to look like, but Friday morning I intend to wake up, and uh, I do intend to wake up and um, and open a few gifts with Kirsten, Neil, and Brock. We're probably going to watch a movie or two. Uh, we don't have a huge agenda for that day. We're definitely going to eat some of our favorite Christmas foods, and you're probably going to do the same thing. We might play a game. Our family's been really getting into spades lately. I don't know if you like spades, but we've been <clears throat> playing that, and um, I don't know, we probably will play some spades. But really, what I'm looking forward to Christmas morning is just spending the day with the ones in this world that I love more than life itself. Because love is a wonderful, wonderful thing. The word love, it probably gets tossed around too much, and, and we could probably argue that it doesn't get tossed around enough. But you know, when you think about love, to be truly loved for who you are, it is one of the most amazing and wonderful feelings that a person can experience in life. To just be loved for who you are, no, no other reason. And during this Christmas season, we can all attest to this truth that people, not all the time, not in every case, but in general, people tend to be just a little bit more loving, a little bit more open to extending love and care and compassion during the holidays. There's just something, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the Christmas season that just tends to draw this out of us. 
Could the reason for this be that at the very heart of Christmas lies this incredibly generous heart that comes from our Heavenly Father, the God who created everything, the one who sent his one and only Son to die on the cross as a gift to the world, really as a gift to each one of us. This same God in heaven who sent his son, he sent his son to die for the very people he created, whom he loved, who would also be the very same people who crucified his son Jesus on the cross. But he sent his son anyway, this gift of of mercy. What is it about giving gifts to others and being generous with those that we love? What is it that just brings that the best out of us this time of season? How come it feels so much better more fulfilling to be on the giving end of things than on the receiving end of things. These are all questions that I ask. Maybe you ask the same thing um, during Christmas time, and I highly doubt that I'll be able to answer all of these questions in this one sermon alone. But I do know that at the heart of Christmas and where all this stuff comes out of, it comes from the eternal love of our Heavenly Father, the one who sent his son Jesus to this world. And I think every Christmas, and I think especially this Christmas, at the end of this crazy year, this Christmas should bring out and point to this one obvious truth about God. And that truth is this, God is love. God is love. And that's a very simple thing to say, and there's probably nobody in here that would disagree with it, but I need to say it anyway. God is love, and Christmas points us to that truth. Now, before we unpack this a little bit more here this evening and these, this final foundational piece of Christmas, I want us to take a brief moment and remember the things we've already talked about in this series and how they all are connected together and, and they, they build this picture of what Christmas is really all about and how it's all formed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We started this series talking about hope. You might remember I walked out with that Christmas present and I said, what do you hope to have? underneath the Christmas tree? What do you really want for Christmas? You put all the material stuff aside. What is left? And what is left is what we really want is, is hope. And we have this eternal hope. As Christians, we have this eternal hope in the promises of God made alive in Christ Jesus. We have hope. And you know what else we have? The very next week, we talked about peace. As followers of Christ, we have this unshakable peace in Christ who will return for his church one day. We live every single day of our life with that peace. The Lord is coming back again. Last week we talked about joy that we can have today, this this deep, abiding, resilient joy through our love and understanding of Christ. And today we're going to talk about love. That we can know this pure, unfiltered, unconditional love and what it looks like solely because we have an example of it given to us through, through Jesus. So hope, peace, joy, and love. These are the foundational pieces of Christmas. And if we fail to acknowledge them this Christmas, then we are truly missing out on the most important reality of our day. God is love, and everything in the Bible points to this reality. Here, look at the screen behind me. I want to show you just a couple verses about this very truth I'm talking about. 1 John 4, 7 through 9 says this. Dear friends, let us love one another. We see this all over the pages of the New Testament. Let us love one another. 
Why? For love comes from, from where? From God. That's where it comes from. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. This is how God expressed it to the world. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. See, we look at these few verses and we know that at his core, God is love. Every action that God takes part of, everything um, is motivated by and sustained by love. And 1 John tells us that the reason that God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ is because of his great love for us. That's why he came, because of Love And the reason why we today can sit in this room and we can have any idea of even how to define what love is, is because God put it on display for each of us to see. That's how we even know what love is. Love is so much more than a Hallmark movie. Love is more than a hashtag or anything else that we try to assign it to be. Love is deeply personal. We know this. Love is hard to fully define. We would all have struggled to actually put words on it. But yet at the same time, we fully understand what we are looking for and know it when we see it. Love. We can know that. We can do that. We can define that because of what God did. Paul tried to write down some words. He tried to define love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Go to any wedding and you're probably going to hear this, these few verses read. What's it say? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never Never fails. The Apostle Paul here, he is describing how he expresses or how we should show this love to other people. And we ask the question, where did this come from? Well, you break it down like this. If God is love and he showed his love by sending Jesus, and Jesus is the greatest example of loving others, then by all means, Love starts with God, love is God, and Jesus is the best expression of it. And we cannot miss this foundational truth in the Christmas season. As you read through the Bible, what becomes clear is that this kind of love, the kind of love that God has for each and every one of us, it is an unconditional love. And what that means by unconditional is that God is going to love you whether you ever choose to love him back or not. You know, the Bible speaks about God in these ways. It is an unconditional love. He will love you even if you reject him. He will love you even if you could care less about God. Why is that? It's because he created you and you are of great value to him. And there is nothing that you could ever do. There's nothing that you could ever say that would ever make him not love you and not value you. And we have a hard time believing that, don't we? We do. A very well-known speaker was holding a seminar one time, and he pulled out a $20 bill, just like this one. And there was a room of about 200 people that he was talking to, and he asked the room, how many of you would like to have this $20 bill? 
And as you can imagine, every hand in the room went up. In fact, if I were to ask you, who would like to have this $20 bill? I'd imagine all the hands would go up in here as well. And then the speaker said, I'm going to give somebody in this room this $20 bill. But before I do that, before I, I, I give this away, um, let me do this. And he crumpled it up like this. Just wadded it up in front of the group. And then he said, all right, here's that $20 bill. Who still wants this $20 bill? And, and just like before, every hand in the room went up. Everybody wanted that $20 bill, even though it was all crumpled up like this. And then he said, well, what if I did this? What if I throw it on the ground and I just stomp it in the ground and I rub it like this and I get all the junk on the bottom of my shoe on it and I press it down and I mat it. Maybe I could tear it a little bit and I just do that. And then he picked it up. And it was all oppressed and nasty. And then he held it up in the air like this. And he goes, um, who would still like this $20 bill? And every hand in the room went up. We want that $20 bill. You know what he said to the group that day? He said, friends, we have all learned a very valuable lesson. Because no matter what is done to this money, you still want it because it has not decreased in value at all. This is still worth $20, whether it was in pristine condition or it's wadded up and mashed and stepped on like this. And then he said, many times in our lives, we are dropped, crumpled, thrown on the ground. We've got dirt all over us because of the decisions we make and the circumstances that come our way. We feel that we are worthless, but no matter what has happened or what will happen, you will never lose your value. And then he said to the group that day, dirty or clean, crumpled or finely creased, you are still priceless to those who do love you. Now, this speaker that day, I'm not giving this to you, by the way. I got three more services tomorrow, I need it. This speaker that day was not trying to make some grand spiritual truth or give the, 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 group, the group there the day some big revelation about God, but he did describe God perfectly and his unconditional love with that illustration. When it comes to God, he's going to love you through any experience that you've ever had in life. Why? Because God loves you. You are deeply valued by God. And you will never lose that value in God's eyes. You make mistakes, he's still going to love you. You sin, he's still going to love you. Why? Because his love is unconditional. If it wasn't, why in the world did he ever bother to go to the cross? You are very valuable to God. And no matter what you've been through, God's going to love you and value you regardless. The more you read the Bible, the more clear its teachings about love become. In fact, I want to briefly share with you, just real quick, three truths right from God's word that just kind of uh, uh, elaborate on this whole idea of God's love and what his hopes are for each and every one of us. And the first one of these truths is this, that love is a new commandment. That's the way it's talked about in the New Testament. You may be already thinking to yourself, you know what, this all stuff sounds pretty good. Everything you're talking about love, but, but, but what should I do about it? What, how does this impact me? That's a very great question. The Gospels, we learned the disciples had a lot of questions about things, questions that were rolling around in their minds. Should they be doing this? Should they not be doing this? Things like, you know, questions about marriage and prayer and fasting and tithing and the Sabbath and just, just a few of the topics that 
that come to mind. But interesting, in the Gospel of John, out of everything that they ever asked Jesus about, Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to give you one rule. There's just one rule. Now listen to what he says. This is in John 13, 34. He said, a new command I give you. So I'm going to tell you something brand new. This is going to be different than what you've learned all your life. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, that's what Jesus said. How in the world did Jesus show his love for the disciples? And how did he show his love for you and for me? Thankfully, we know the answer to this too because the Bible clearly spells this stuff out for us. 1 John 3.16 says this. This is how we know what love is. Now, isn't this nice? This is going to spell it out for us. This is how we know what love is. That Christ Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Easy enough, right? Now, that's clear as a bell. It simply means that if we're going to love, we have to be willing to lay down our lives for someone else. You know, most of us will never be called upon to give up your life for somebody else. And how in the world are we going to show this kind of love? I would put it in terms like this, that when we trade what we want and need for what they want and need, boy, we are well on this path to loving them, aren't we? When we trade what we want and need for what they want and need. Isn't that in many ways the same thing that Jesus is saying? When we put ourselves before others and, and we, we put them in front of us, and especially at the expense of ourselves. Isn't that at the heart of what Jesus is saying? And we, we read them like, well, that's, that's easy. That is so cut and dry. I can do that. I can put somebody else's needs in front of mine. I can value some. I can put more value on what they want than what I want if that's how I express love. And the question is, well, why doesn't everyone love like Jesus then? If that's what Jesus did, why don't we do it? Well, this comes to the second point, and this is in Scripture as well. Love actually is a choice. You know, love is, is a new commandment. That's what Jesus told the disciples, but it's also a choice. There, there is this very dangerous teaching floating around, and maybe you've heard it before, but this dangerous teaching says something to the effect of that love is something that you stumble in and out of, that you just stumble in and out of love. But I think many of you would know from your own experiences that that love is more often than not simply a real choice that you make every day in your relationships. Aren't we eternally grateful that God chose to love us through his son Jesus? Aren't we unbelievably thankful that Jesus chose to humble himself, taking on the role of a servant, dying on the cross for you and me? And if it were not for that loving sacrifice of God's son, where would we be Today, Aren't you thankful that God just doesn't stumble into loving us? Stumble in and stumble out of loving his creation? Aren't you thankful? I'm thankful. John 3.16 says what? Probably the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you think that's easy for God? Do you think that's easy for God to love the world, even to this day, to love all of his creation 
even when it's not reciprocated. When most of the world, much of the world, most of the people on our planet today do not love God back. They could care less about God. They live their lives as if he doesn't even exist. Was it easy for Jesus to love the very people that hung him on the cross and brutally killed him? Do you think it was easy for Jesus to, to raise his eyes to heaven and say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing? Is it always easy to love, you fill in the blank, to love Aunt Margaret or whoever your Aunt Margaret is? Is it always easy to love her? No. Is it always easy to love your spouse? Is it always easy to love your kids? Is it always easy to love your friends? Is it easy to love your enemies? Obviously, the answer is no. It's not easy. It's certainly not something that you just stumble into. What does it take? It takes genuine focused effort to love others. And you know what? As hard as that is, that is exactly what Jesus asked us to do. Why do we love like this? Well, the Bible says it's because he first loved us. He set this example for us. And, and what does he ask of us? He asked us to follow his example. So when I look at the scriptures and I think about how God is love and love comes from God and he demonstrated this love and what does it mean for us? Well, he told the disciples love is a new commandment. We know from collectively from the scripture that love is a choice. We don't just stumble in and out of it. No, no, no. It takes effort and work. You know what else we learn about love in the Bible? Love redeems. Love redeems. For as much as I love John 3.16, we often fail to read the very next verse. Do you know what John 3.17 says? John 3.17, uh, talking about the love of God, says this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to do what? But to save the world through him. This is a truth about our Lord. He did not come to bring condemnation. Jesus came to bring redemption, reconciliation, and renewal. Colossians 1.19 tells us, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you, do you kind of get this picture? God is love. God so loved the world. He sent Jesus. Jesus came not to condemn. Jesus came to redeem. And it all started... With love. Love. I think perhaps, and I'm probably stronger than perhaps I would say it is, the greatest responsibility of every believer is to share this eternally impactful good news that the love of Jesus comes from God and redeems the world. It's God is love. So I don't know how your Christmas is going to go this year. But when I think about the best Christmas ever, and when I think about Jesus being laid in that manger all those years ago, and what it means, and how it impacts, and what Jesus brought to this world, the best Christmas ever is about giving, and it's about receiving God's love. As we get close to Christmas, can I ask you a question? What has God redeemed in your life? What has God redeemed in your life? Where have you seen the fullness of Christ, hope, peace,
peace, joy, and love this year. Maybe right now there are so many things running through your mind. You're like, man, how, I need to start writing this stuff down. I can, I can think of all kinds of examples of hope, peace, joy, and love, and, and, and things that God has redeemed in my life this year. But maybe you're straining to see redemption in your life. Maybe you'd say it's been a long time since I truly felt loved. You know, the first Christmas was and is so special because it's a moment in time we can all point to and see God's love for mankind in action. You know, when you sit around the Christmas tree and you talk about the real meaning of Christmas this year, we think back to that first one. It's so important because it is God's love for mankind in action. And I think this Christmas could also be a special one. This could be a moment, this Christmas could be a moment that you decide to put your love for others into action. This could be a moment that you decide to follow Christ's lead by loving others, by, by telling others the good news, by, by, by taking that time with your family and friends, whoever you celebrate Christmas with, to tell them about the real meaning of Christmas and what it's really all about, about peace, hope, joy, and love. This could be your first time this Christmas to accept God's love. This could be the first time you share God's love. The redemptive love of Christ is never something that we are to keep to ourselves. It is something that we could share with as many people as possible for as long as we can. That, my friends, is what Christmas is all about. Hope, peace, joy, and love. That's what Jesus brought. That's what Christmas is all about. And we would do ourselves really well if we remember that this year, not just on Christmas Day, but these things about our Savior would carry us into next year in 2021. We think that 2020 is going to end on December 31st and, and 2021 is going to start and all of these bad things that have happened are going to be done. We can hope, right? 2021 is going to come with its own share of difficulties. But what doesn't change is the hope we have in the Lord, the peace we have in the Lord, the joy we have that comes from the Lord, and the love we have from our Heavenly Father that will guide us and shape us and drive us through anything in this world. Can I pray for you? Dear Lord, I just, uh, Lord, I, I am just taken back, just thinking through what it means to have your peace in our hearts, to have your hope in our lives, to have your joy fill us up, to have your love overlaid on all we do. Lord, I, all I can say is thank you. And Lord, and pray that you help us this Christmas never forget what this is really all about. Lord, thank you for coming all those years ago. Thank you, Lord, for changing the world. So Lord, we give you praise for being born. Oh, we give you our whole lives for being raised from the dead. And Lord, we look forward to when we can be with you again in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and let's continue our worship tonight.